this scroll. Uh, University Fellowship Church podcast. I am your host. My name is Chris Moore. We get together about twice a week and chat about God's word and how we are growing in our walk with the Lord. And um, hopefully you are left encouraged, edified, challenged. Our goal ultimately is to um, bring something of real spiritual value to you and have a couple laughs while we're at it. Um, I, I, I don't remember the quote, so I'm not even going to say the quote, but, um, anyway, so this week we have Sean Duncan with us. Hello, Sean. What's up? I know. I struggled through that one. I, doesn't Spurgeon say something about laughter? Uh, probably. Yeah. There you go. Look it up. <laughs> There's a little drop in the bucket for you guys. Um, Sean Duncan, you are the college pastor here at UFC. Yes, I am. So happy to have you. Thanks, man. And, uh, I'm chomping at the bit. What are you bringing to the podcast today? The most thrilling. I'm buckled up. The most thrilling genre of literature in all of scripture. Apocalyptic? Genealogies. Close. Close. Ge- genealogies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> close second yeah. to apocalyptic literature. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I mean, I know. I know how many people just get home at night and they're like, you know, I just want to end my day with a, some time in the word. So I'm just going to find a genealogy in scripture and go for it. <laughs> It's really going to lift my spirits. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so genealogies by the, by the name himself. <laughs> it's just a list of names of people who um, were generated by other humans. <laughs> that's and it. that's what we've got. Gang. Yeah. Th- thanks for joining with us. We'll see you next week. Uh, yeah. So uh, genealogies are probably the most like skipped type of literature oh, yeah. in the Bible. I don't even skim it. And they show up so often. Mm-hmm. Like, what's the deal with genealogies? In fact, the New Testament starts with a genealogy. And that's what I want to talk to you about <laughs> is the genealogy in the book of Matthew. Ooh, okay. Uh, first, some background on genealogies. You've been, if you've read through the Bible before, you start reading genealogies in the book of um, Genesis. Of Genesis. Mm-hmm. Um, and you get the first genealogy that you read is in Genesis chapter five, and there's tons of genealogies in Hebrew. It's the phrase a uh, toledot, and so there's like these markers all throughout it. And you get, you know, you get the genealogy of Adam in in Genesis chapter uh, five. You get the gen- the, the um, genealogy of Abraham. You get the generate the genealogy of his kids. You get the generation of those kids, and there's like there's always these huge sections. Mm-hmm. You also get uh, genealogies in the book of Exodus, in the book of Numbers. You you get them in uh, Joshua, um, and most um, like the the most amount of genealogy that you get is actually in the book of Chronicles. Hmm. Chronicles uh, is not just a repeat of material of what you read in First and Second Samuel. It's um, it is the similar. It's the same time frame as First and Second Samuel and First and Second Kings, um, but there's some differences. Like it. For one, it only deals with the southern kingdom Judah rather than the northern and southern kingdom. And the reason for that is Chronicles is written after exile and Mm. only Judah returns from exile, the southern kingdom. Mm. So there's no concern about the northern kingdom because they're not, or the northern kingdom is not a thing anymore. So it's not about them. Also, first and second Samuel, first and second Kings uh, is a message of condemnation against the nation of Israel about why exile is a just act of God. Chronicles, on the other hand, is a message about the faithfulness of God in his promises to mm. David the king. But Chronicles starts with genealogies, and it's actually the last book of the Old Testament in the way um, the, the, the Hebrews ordered their Bibles. So we have it like right in the middle because we just order our Old Testament a little bit differently. Yeah. 
but it's actually, it's the last book. Huh. So like, this is how the Bible, the Old Testament ends. The last book of the Old Testament begins with a genealogy for nine chapters. Oh my goodness. It is is nine chapters of genealogy. (laughs) And the only other book in the entire Bible that starts with a genealogy is Matthew. Wait a minute. Which is the first book of the New Testament. It's almost like. It's almost like Matthew knew what he was doing. It's as if he wanted to say this story about Jesus is the continuation of Israel's story that we've been waiting for. Wild. Here it is. Yeah, so that, there's just like one cool thing, just genealogies in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but more specifically, usually genealogies are, are tracing and somehow God's redemptive promises through specific people. Mm-hmm. So that's what Matthews is doing. I'm not going to read it all because it's a ton of names. <laughs> Although if there was one benefit I got from seminary, it's just knocking these names out of the park. Like I'm just good at reading these. <laughs> Most, Is that a flex? Eng- most English words I'll stumble over, but give me a Hebrew name like Shealtiel. I'll I'll read it. It's a good one, you know. All Classic right. Shealtiel. So I want to read uh, the first verse and then skip actually the entire genealogy. Read, read, <laughs> dear like listener, me. you can go read it on your own time. <laughs> but all right, so here it is. So opening verse of the book of Matthew, the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Then he starts with Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac. Isaac was the father of Jacob. And he keeps going until you get to verse six when he says, Jesse, the father of David, the king. So he takes you from Abraham to David. Then what he does in verse six is he starts again with David. And David was the father of Solomon by the wife of Uriah, if you remember that story. Mm -hmm. And Solomon, the father of Rehoboam, and Rehoboam, the father of Abijah, and he keeps going. Until he gets to verse 11, and Josiah, the father of Jeconiah, and his brothers at the time of the deportation to Babylon, Hmm. exile, Babylonian Hmm. exile. Then in verse 12, he picks up from exile. And after the deportation to Babylon, exile, Jeconiah was the father of Shealtiel, and Shealtiel the father of Zerubbabel. And he goes on from there until he gets to verse 16. And Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom Jesus was born, who is called Christ. Verse 17 then is a summary of this genealogy. So all the generations from Abraham to David were 14 generations and from David to exile or deportation to Babylon, 14 generations. And from the deportation to Babylon to the Christ, 14 generations. What's this business about 14 generations? What's this business about 14 (laughs) generations? That's a great question, Chris. Okay. Uh, Here's why that's spicy. Okay. There's not 14 generations. There are more generations <gasps> than that. I know. So what's going on? Mm-hmm. So this would be something that, that, that like some secular scholars would point to and be like, oh, the Bible's not trustworthy. Hold the phone. Hold the phone. <laughs> uh, there, are, there are types of, first, there's types of, um, of genealogies and there's nerdy terms for them. But basically one type of genealogy is, is like you zoom, you you basically reduce it down by taking certain names out and you kind of name the major players. And and we do this when we talk about, oh, you know, the United States presidents, George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, George W. But you just just like so many of them. (laughs) Are you all of a sudden not trustworthy? No, it's just, Uh it's just a type of, of presentation. Gotcha. There's also another type of genealogy, which is far less common, at least in, in, um, 
in the Bible, which is to uh, not just go like father to son and, and, make, and trace like one main line, but at, at each generation, you also name siblings. Mm-hmm. And it's like an expanded family tree and they're way harder to follow because you're like, okay, well, who's the son of who? Right. And like how many of these guys are just brothers before it goes to the next? So those are a lot harder to follow. And there mm-hmm. are a few of those in scripture, but so there's two different types of genealogies. And, and every time they're, they're not just trying to tell you about a family tree. They're trying to tell you about either like political importance or uh, in this case, theological importance. Yeah. So Matthew, as a scribe uh, and an apostle, he he is writing and he knows his sources. Like these aren't like hidden secret sources that right. he's using. One of the sources is the book of Chronicles. <laughs> like we have it in our Bible. Like one of the reasons we know that there's a, just a few generations missing is mm-hmm. because we have the book of Chronicles, which Matthew also had. Right. Um, so we know he's not pulling a fast one on us. And, and in fact, I, here, I'll just tell you the ones that are are missing. So in, in verse eight, he goes, Joram, the father of Uzziah. And actually, according to First Chronicles chapter three, verses 11 through 12, if anyone wants to go look, <laughs> Joram is the father of, of Ahaziah and Ahaziah is the father of Joash. Joash is the father of Amaziah and Amaziah is the father of Azariah, who is also called Uzziah. So Matthew there, mm. Matthew that right there, he skips three kings. Um, and then later in verse 11, he goes from Josiah. He says, Josiah, the father of Jeconiah, but actually Josiah is the father of Jehoiakim mm. and Jehoiakim is the father of Jeconiah. You can see that in second Chronicles chapter three, verse 15. So Matthew also skips uh, Jehoiakim there. And there's some other reasons maybe he skips Jehoiakim. Uh, but then finally, Shealtiel is said to be the father of Zerubbabel. And at least in the Masoretic text, for those who understand <laughs> that nerdiness, <laughs> in the Masoretic text, it reads Shealtiel is the father of Padiah. Padiah is the father of Zerubbabel. But in the LXX, uh, which is the Greek translation of the Old Testament, which is probably what Matthew is using. Hmm. Um, we can tell that because of some of the ways that he quotes scripture, the Old Testament throughout his book. In the LXX, it is just Shealtiel to Zerubbabel. Hmm. So uh, also some of the text, it looks like if we're talking about one of those expanded genealogies, maybe Padiah is also, uh, Padiah and Shealtiel are brothers. Hmm. It's kind of hard to tell in some spots. Gotcha. So that's the stuff going on. So it's not actually 14, 14, 14. It's probably like 14, 17, 14 or something along those lines. So Mm -hmm. the question again is, why? Why would Matthew do this? Yeah. Um, one, he he's not just recording history, which he is recording history, mm-hmm. but he's also doing it in an artistic manner. He's creating a symmetry. It's going on here. 14, 14, 14. 14 is also simple math. How, two times seven? Two times seven. Uh-huh. All right. So so how many sets of seven do you have? Eight. Nope. Six. Six. <laughs> Quick maths. Nice. So, (laughs) which means you get to Jesus and he's the start of the seventh cycle of seven, which is important all throughout the Old Testament. Um, Mm -hmm. um, Seven rounds of seven is is Jubilee in the book of Leviticus. (gasps) Shout out out to the book of Leviticus. (laughs) Uh, Also, it's this hope throughout Daniel where like you're waiting for the seventh seven to come arrive because that's the time that that God's going to bring about his kingdom on earth. And the entire book of Matthew is about Jesus bringing the kingdom of heaven 
on earth right. as it is in heaven. Um, so there's that theological reality there, that patterning of numbers. Um, but also you have at the very beginning of the book of Matthew, he has like almost like his like his title mm-hmm. phrase. He says the book of the genealogy and the phrase the book of the genealogy in Greek, it shows up only two other times in the Bible, in, in the Greek uh, translation of the Old Testament. Hmm. The first one is in Genesis 2 verse 4, which is... Uh, which is these are the generations of the heavens and the earth. Hmm. So the the book of the genealogy of the heaven and earth of heaven and earth Genesis chapter two. Also, Genesis chapter five, the book of the genealogy of Adam or humanity. Mm-hmm. So now you have the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ. So that phrase only showing up in those two other spots about he- heaven and earth mm-hmm. and about humanity. Well, Jesus is the new heavens and the new earth. He is the new humanity coming. Right. And and then he he calls out two specific names of the genealogy. He calls him the son of David and the son of Abraham. Son of David and son of Abraham, these are two like pivotal people in the Bible. Right. So um God made specific promises both to Abraham and to David. But Abraham comes first in the chronological order. Mm-hmm. So you would expect Abraham to be named first. Yeah. But he doesn't. First, he says he's the son of David, mm-hmm. the son of Abraham. So for some reason, Matthew is elevating the importance of David mm-hmm. in his account of Jesus. God made a promise to David that one of his descendants was going to build a house for God. Maybe a play on words, like a physical house mm. or like a family house. <gasps> okay. And you know what the church is called? The temple of the God. Temple, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Okay. So, so this Jesus, this son of David is going to build a house for God and he's going to sit on an eternal throne. Right. And if the throne is eternal, the king is eternal. Mm-hmm. An, an eternal kingdom of righteousness, justice, and peace. That's who this Jesus is. So he's the son of David, also the son of Abraham. Mm-hmm. Abraham, God made promises to Abraham. You could read about it in Genesis chapter 12, 15, 17, 22, if you want. Um, and the promise to Abraham was essentially that one of his, through Abraham, God was going to bring blessing to all the families of the earth. Right. So we're waiting for a descendant of Abraham to bring the blessing to all the families of the earth. Mm-hmm. That's who Jesus is. So then, okay, that still doesn't really answer my 14, 14, 14 question. Right. right. So how many sets of 14 do you have? Three. Three. Mm-hmm. Perfect. You are so good at counting. <laughs> Okay, this is really nerdy and like people definitely take it into rabbit holes that don't actually exist. Like, we do a numerology. Numerology. So <laughs> um, yeah, people get carried away with numerology. Don't make it your practice to start like trying to do Hebrew numerology. I'm get I, I'm gonna I would be willing to wager you're gonna get it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so here's the thing. Numerology, the Hebrew alphabet was also their numbering system. Mm-hmm. So it'd be like if we assigned numeric value to our alphabet. So A is one, B is two, C is three, and so on and so forth until we get to 10. Then each 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 letter afterwards would go up by multiples of 10 mm-hmm. until we get to 100. And then it'd be multiples of 100. Gotcha. Kind of like that. So that's how Hebrew works. So Aleph is one, Bait is two, and it goes on from there. The name David is Dalit Vav Dalit. That's how you spell it. Mm. How many letters was that? Dalit Vav Dalit? Three, I think. That is three. Okay. Dalit Vav Dalit. 
David. Um, the numeric value of the name David, if you were to wager it, uh-huh. what would you think it is? Is it 14? It's 14. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. We've discovered here, something. Here, just count with me. Olive, bait, gimel, dalit. Okay. That's four. Okay. There's two dalits. Four plus four is eight. eight. And vav is six. Okay. Yeah. So four plus four plus six is 14. So what you have, does it mean? Well, you just, you, so you have, you have three. The name of Jesus Christ, the mm-hmm. son of David. Well, David in Hebrew is the value of 14 and it's three letters. And then the way he structures the genealogy is to be three sets of 14. Hmm. And, and his whole point is about this is the coming of Jesus. Um, this is he, the one. He, this is the one. He's yeah. presenting him as the new David. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, he's working on multiple different levels where he tells you explicitly Jesus is the new David, mm-hmm. but then also in the literary structure, he's like, this is the new David. Right. And the book of Chronicles is all about the hope of a new David, a new David who's going to care about the temple of God, where God dwells with his people and bring about restoration. So yeah. it's just multiple levels working to try and say the same thing. And, and we communicate like this all the time. Um, so it's just getting to see something that you're getting to see the same point from multiple different angles in this genealogy. Who is Jesus? He's the new David. Right. He is the one who is going to sit on the throne forever. And he's going to bring blessing to all the families of the earth. Mm-hmm. That's the point. It's the overwhelming echo of the passage. Now, just for curiosity's sake, is this something that, you know, a Jew would have immediately understood at the time or is he, is it veiled at all when he communicates this way? That's a good question. I think they'd be keying in into it. There's also something going on in the genealogy in Luke that we just simply don't have time for because we're 18 minutes into this one. <laughs> this 10-minute um, episode? <laughs> yeah, but the, the genealogy in Luke is different. Yeah. You know, it it goes in reverse order. It starts with Jesus, and mm. then it goes reverse direction until you get to Adam. Mm. Uh, there, It takes a different order between David and Jesus than Matthew does. Very interesting. And you're like, what the heck is going on with all of yeah. this? And but if you count the names, there's also something going on with the number seven. And yeah, I do think that uh, the Jewish community would have been keying into these things because they were already reading the Old Testament in in that way. Right. Yeah. But not everyone would. It's it's like, um, wow, what's a great example? Well, my mind's shot. <laughs> I don't know. Just like when you talk to someone and you make your point by referencing a movie. Right. And sometimes they don't get the movie reference, but they still get like what you're saying to Mm -hmm. them. But other people in the room might get your movie reference and they get it to a different degree. And they're like, oh, that was good. Like that was, that was clever. Yeah. Everyone though understands what you were trying to say. Mm -hmm. That's what's going on with, with Matthew doing that. So not everyone in the room would be like, oh yeah, David. Oh, 14, 14, 14. Oh yeah. (laughs) Classic. You know, but. There, there would be some people who would just be like, okay, cool. 14 generations to 14 generations to 14 generations to Jesus. That's pretty cool. And here we have Jesus. That's great. That's fantastic. And he's the son of David. Yeah. And other people would be like, nice. <laughs> <laughs> you know, nice. Like you left out Jehoiakim, dude. That was sick. I, I caught you. I caught you. That was good stuff, Matthew. Sick. Oh, man. Yeah. So it's just, it's just one of those things going on. But mm-hmm. um, so here's my encouragement, mm-hmm. right? genealogies are so freaking boring. Yeah. <laughs> like, let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> they are a slog fest to read. Like they're so hard to read. But if you slow down 
And if you pay attention, you'll start catching things. Like you'll if you read through Chronicles, mm-hmm. and then you just flipped back and forth between Chronicles chapter thir- first Chronicles chapter three, and then Matthew chapter one, you'd be like, hold on a second, there's something going on here. Yeah, you know, and and the Bible's not making an error. The Bible's trying to get your attention. Mm-hmm. So your job as a reader is to be like, why is this happening? And then it's inviting you into a meditation and to can consider things. And maybe maybe the thing you need to do is you need to actually go back to the book of Kings and read about some of those kings that get left out. And you're like, what what did they do? Are they getting left out for a reason? Or right. maybe you go to need to go to the book of Jeremiah and see how Jeremiah speaks about some of those kings that are left out and be like, why? Why are they being left out? Hmm. You know, I'm trying to drop some hints, dear dear listeners, about <laughs> <laughs> what you should there do. There might have been a reason. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's just inviting you into an exploration mm-hmm. of God's word. And, and and all the names mean nothing to you mm-hmm. unless you read your Bible. Right. You know, uh, we're not going to talk about it. I'm just going to mention it. And this is my encouragement to the listeners. So in in this genealogy of Jesus Christ, you have in verse three, Judah, the father of Perez and Zerah by Tamar, hmm. a non-Israelite woman yeah. being mentioned. Go back and read Genesis chapter 38. Uh, then in uh, verse five, and Salmon, the father of Boaz by Rahab. Hmm. Remember Rahab, the prostitute prostitute? go back and read joshua chapter two and six and also she's not an israelite right she's a canaanite and boaz the father of obed by ruth Mm. remember ruth the moabite yeah the the woman who's not an israelite and she's somehow in this genealogy and you know she's like the great great grandmammy of david (laughs) the king yeah uh, oh, and remember David in verse six, David was the father of Solomon by the wife of Uriah. Mm-hmm. Remember that wife. story of Bathsheba? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Second Samuel chapter 11 and 12 and first Kings chapter one and two. Yeah. Uh, Bathsheba was also a Canaanite. Mm. So in the genealogy of Jesus, you have four Canaanite or with a Moabite woman, you have four non-Israelite women. Yeah. It's weird for women to be mentioned in genealogies in this time. Like that's first, like should jump off the page. Why are women being mentioned? Mm-hmm. But also non-Israelite women and women from questionable backgrounds. You have a prostitute. You have a woman who basically proposes to the man rather than the other way around with mm-hmm. with um, Ruth. You you have um, a, a woman who was taken in this scandalous act by King David. The story of Tamar. That's a dark one. Yeah. But what is God doing? here uh, through the inspiration of his spirit through the authorship of Matthew by including these women in this. It's not a pointless list of names. It is not a pointless list of names. There is something being communicated, uh, not just the genealogical lineage of Jesus. There is mm-hmm. a theological truth being communicated here. And maybe if you, if you ponder those stories and then arrive at your, with yourself at Matthew chapter one, verse 21, maybe you'll begin to dawn on the theological truth as well. Huh. Who knew, Sean? Well, the Lord knew. The Lord knew. You knew. <laughs> Other people knew. There's more I can say, um, but. Yeah, that's so so awesome because it really points to how, and we talked about this recently, just how each of these details is important mm-hmm. to some capacity and and we should be careful not yeah. to overlook some yeah. of the more 
yeah. mundane parts. Yeah. Okay, fine, Chris. Because we all know that no one's going to go look at that verse. Let's let's finish it, you know? Okay, here we go. So Jesus is, the, he's the new heavens, the new earth. He's yeah. the new humanity. He is the son of David who's going to sit on the throne. He's the new David yeah. who's going to bring about the eternal kingdom. He is the offspring of Abraham who's going to bring blessing to all the families of the earth. You have this genealogy which introduces the birth story of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not just the birth story. It's actually the naming story. How did Jesus get his name? Well, here it is. Actually, the uh, an angel of the Lord told Joseph to, to name. Verse 21. She will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Mm. You'll call him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. The name Jesus is the the Greek version of the name Joshua or Yahshua, right? Which is a short phrase, shortened name for Yahshua. Yahshua in, in Hebrew means Yahweh saves, God mm. saves. Jesus, his name is God saves. Yeah. Why are you naming this little baby boy God saves? Mm-hmm. Because he will save his people from their sins. Right. Well, who saves, God or Jesus? Mm. Yes. Who are his people? Who are his people? Well, I'm starting to think, looking at the genealogy, it might not be who we thought it was. Yes. Or might include people we wouldn't it's, expect. It Oftentimes we get there and we're like, oh yeah, Jesus came to save his people. Oh, future tense, like people like me. Mm-hmm. You just got done reading a list of his people. Hmm. And his people include Gentiles. Right. You have Matthew chapter one opening up with Jesus came to save both Jew and Gentile. Yeah. Boom. There it is. And who else did he come to save? He came to save people like Rahab. Mm -hmm. He came to save people like Manasseh who murdered his own son and filled Jerusalem with innocent blood. Those are the kind of people that Jesus came to save. He came to save people like Josiah who was, who had all these religious reforms. There was no king greater than Josiah in all of Judah's history. Josiah was the best. And yet he has sin and he needs to be saved by Jesus. Jesus came to save people like Abraham. All these people in this this genealogy, they're saved ultimately by Jesus. Yeah, They're not saved on anything else. Like they are saved by Jesus. Jesus came to save his people from his sins because he is the God that they have always worshiped. Mm -hmm. And Jesus's people have always included a mixed bag ethnically religiously uh, like religious backgrounds Mm -hmm. uh, people of socioeconomic uh, disproportions whether you're a Rahab or a Solomon yeah it does not matter Uh, God is reconciling all things to himself through the life death and resurrection of Jesus and he is uniting one people in the Messiah and you have that being presented to you in the genealogy of Matthew right there Boom, mic drop, let's call it. We're almost 30 minutes into this. Well, bet you guys didn't know you were getting that out of genealogies. There you go. Thank you, Sean. That was enlightening, encouraging, and uh, makes me appreciate God's word more. Yeah. All right, listener, go out there, read your genealogies, quit slacking. (laughs) We'll get you guys next time. Bye. Well, thanks for listening. Thank you to our guests for coming and sharing what they've been chewing on in God's Word. We produce these podcasts and release them twice a week. So please subscribe so you don't miss out on one. And don't forget, love God, love your neighbor, and make disciples. 